A lot of times it feels like we set ourselves up on opposite ends of the spectrum. Like if your spouse or a parent or a good friend is on the planning side and you're on the go easy side, Mm -hmm. we tend to set ourselves up as my way is the right way and I'm going to pull you my direction Mm -hmm. until you give in. Both sides have great things about them and then both sides have this dark side of what's really going on underneath the surface there. You can be a control freak on either side and you can be full of fear on either side. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hello and welcome to Real Talk. It's season six, episode eight. Real Talk is the show where we get real about everything from current events to culture to faith. My name's Kara, hanging out with Ensign and Isaac. Hello. Howdy. Hello. It's our season finale already. How oh crazy. my gosh. That is so crazy. Oh, how time flies. Oh, yes. <laughs> Look at it. Sometimes. It's there. Some, yeah, maybe. Sometimes kinda. it drags on for a long, long time. Quarantine. Uh, so here's what's coming up in the show. First of all, we've got the struggle bus where Isaac is going to be talking about how he's going to fix it. All of it. All of the for things. everyone. All the things. All, all I can time. hear is, uh, what's his name? Fix it Felix. Yeah. Yes. The, yeah. Is that where we're going? The golden hammer. Oh, all right. Oh, that's yep. awesome. I love that. <laughs> Anson has good vibes and he is talking about how you can actually see your family now. <laughs> that's a thought. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing actually yet. And then I am going on the record today with Wanda. We are talking about her new album, Exit, which is amazing. And also talking about Instagram and how good she is at it and how terrible I am at it. And crafts. It was a really fun uh, she conversation. She's a crafter? She's a crafter. Amazing. Okay, that's awesome. So yeah, that's going to be a fun conversation. But also we're going to have a conversation today about faith versus planning. It seems like in life, there are two different kinds of people. There's the, here is my 10 year plan with a, <laughs> you know, a detailed outline yeah. for you. Here's the binder. Right. And then uh, there's the rest of us who are kind of like, eh, it'll work out. It'll be fine. Right. But we like to call that faith sometimes. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, really. I'm just trusting God. Uh-huh. There is kind of a tug of war though of like, how much do I plan? And dad says that I'm not supposed to worry about tomorrow. So then what do I do? Yeah. Like, w- yeah. what does that even look like? We're kind of going to unravel that a little bit today, how planning matters. It's important, but also it can't do everything you want it to do. Sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. it falls short. Much and to it, my chagrin. I know. I know. <laughs> And in the end, it's really going to come back to motives. So that's what we're talking about on the conversation today. But first up, Isaac with the struggle bus. I had this moment, kind of this out of body experience where I was watching myself in a social situation. And I just thought, why am I like this? What? (laughs) Why can't I just stop being this way? I love those moments. Please. Do you guys, am I the only oh, person? Oh, no, I have. Okay. I have plenty of those. A buddy of mine who doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can share the story. Um, <laughs> he and his girlfriend broke up and they had dated for years and years and years. I think oh. like almost seven years ish. Big, long relationship, essentially family at this point, And it was hard. Yeah. It was really hard. He came down to sort of sit with me for the weekend because it was just a really crazy situation. We were talking about it. And as he was going through everything, I kept catching myself trying to find solutions to problems that there's no solutions for. Mm. Right. You nailed it. Like the fix it Felix hammer. And (laughs) I was like, well, maybe you guys could do this, this and this. And it's just, you could tell like all of these were not landing at all because (laughs) 
<laughs> there, there are just some things that despite my best efforts, Ugh. I'm not able to go in there and fix. And I think that it's not just in the context of this one instance. Anytime I have somebody venting, I take that as a request to help fix it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and in my relationship with my wife, she will tell me about a rough day with clients or just interactions that she's had. And I will catch myself not just listening and asking questions like a human and letting them just <laughs> vent. I'm trying to triage these things like, who can I yell at? All right, I'll yell at them. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go back around, fix that physically, maybe <laughs> yell at two more people, and then we'll all be good and she'll be happy. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I hear there's nothing I can do about something, like, I get sick. I hate it. Wrong. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, oh, Watch me. No one has just tried hard enough. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna fix Clearly. This. Yeah. No one has asked me and yet. I think that I finally arrived at a point of exhaustion with it. Mm. You know, I mean, this last weekend kind of did that for me because it was just this big glaring. Guess what, Isaac? You cannot fix this. It hurt, man. It really hurt. That's frustrating. It's not fun. <laughs> I think it's a very common yeah. guy thing. People mm -hmm. talk about how guys always want to fix like their wives' problems when they just want them to listen. Yeah. And I think there probably is some truth to that. But I also think just from what I know of you, Isaac, you are a helper type yeah. person. Yeah. Like, that's just very core to who you are sure. is to help people. And I think when we want to help people, mm. many times we think that the best way to help is through some sort of practical action yeah. that we have to take. Like I'm, I'm going to physically right. fix a thing for you. I'm going to go tell a person off for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you some advice on how to handle a difficult interpersonal situation. Right. And that's understandable and yeah. many times very appreciated. But I think you're right. The problem is when we encounter these situations where there literally is no practical solution. And I do this too. I'm very guilty of it as well. Kind of fish around for, well, you could try this, you could try that. And yeah. you keep kind of trying them and the person keeps going like, oh yeah, okay, thanks for, you know, yeah, and you yeah, just tell like, wait, yeah. this isn't yeah. working. Yeah. And part of it, I think for someone like you, who really is a helper type person, you're normally really good at it. Yes. Like this, yeah. is a, this is a strength of yours, right? <laughs> right. A lot of times those things do land. Like yeah, someone brings a problem and says, Hey, I'm not really sure what to do about this. And you have a great idea and they go, thanks. That's really helpful. Yeah. Right. But then you get to those rare moments where mm. it doesn't land or yeah. it doesn't work because the problem is simply too big for you to fix. Uh. And that's a little bit of a shock to the system when that it happens. Is. Cause you go, wait, my normal process, apply the band aid and fix it and move yeah. on to the next thing just fell flat on its face here. And that's right. really hard. Well, but, and of course yeah. the only ones you think about are those ones that you can't fix. Like, <laughs> of it, course. That, that's me. Like right. I can fix, so then you're a failure. I'll fix a no. thousand small problems and then it'll be like, but I can't mend this relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I say it out loud, it's ridiculous. Well, sure. it's ridiculous, but I think it's very, very common. And I don't know. I think it speaks a lot to your heart that you desire to, but I also think you have a great deal of self-awareness to realize as it's coming out of your mouth or before it comes out of your mouth. Hey, wait, this isn't actually the answer. Yeah. Like, I think there's a whole lot of people who don't know that. And so then when they like dispense their golden wisdom and the person doesn't take it, they get offended and yeah. then everything just gets worse. So I think it's very yeah. good. Kudos to you for having the degree of self-awareness that you have to say, well, this sucks, but I can't fix yeah. it. It is hard to swallow, though. I'm with you. I uh, feel other people's pain very deeply, too. And as an empathetic person, I hate it when I can't make it better, when I can't make someone feel better. Yeah, it drives me nuts. I think the game now is just going to be monitoring that. And even though it's torture to listen to people and just go, I'm sorry, if that's all I can offer in those <laughs> moments, I need to view that as valid. And yeah, okay. it is. valid. I think yeah. sometimes you 
you, you try to help, at least this is me. It has to come out of my mouth sometimes before I realize mm-hmm. and it doesn't land. And I go, Oh, oh yeah. yeah, this is one of those times. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this is not a practical healthy time. This is a hug. <laughs> Power this down, is robot. a Power down. coffee. This is a <laughs> yeah. gift. This is an I'm sorry time. Yeah. And sometimes we have to exhaust all of our helping mechanisms yeah. before finally the light bulb goes off and we go, ah, yeah. I, I recognize this. I know what this is. Yeah. I need to step back and just be empathetic. Yeah. It is time for Good Vibes, and this week I am talking about a rare situation that I forgot was actually possible, and that is spending time with family members, other than people like in your immediate household. Right. Uh, So this was something that I actually did last week. I spent some time with my parents. They came and visited. They are definitely going through some grandchild withdrawals because I have a 10-month-old that they haven't seen for a couple months, and it's been driving them bonkers. Oh, yeah. Because since the quarantine started he's learned to do sign language and crawl and pull up on things and wave bye-bye and all sorts of (laughs) cute things that just as a grandparent especially make your heart melt sure and so they definitely needed some uh, grandkid time and we were able to stay in a group of less than 10 people and you know do all these things that you're supposed to do it was really good and the funny thing is i'm an exceedingly introverted person which has been kind of interesting through this whole quarantine thing there have been a number of people who i know who are like yeah you know, I'm, I'm introverted. And then like a week into quarantine, they were like, <laughs> this is really hard being alone. I can't hang. You know? And I'm like, lightweight. Get off yeah. our team. It's been like two months. I'm like, this is glorious. Posers, all of and you. And I still, even after two months of uh, being alone, yeah. found out that my family was going to be coming to visit this weekend. And my first reaction was kind of like, <laughs> oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And if my family yeah. is listening to this podcast, it's not you, it's me. Mm. Okay. I would do this with any one, yes. including True. my most loved people on yes. the earth. Yep. And just my, still people. my instant reaction is like, oh, but I could have sat in my room alone. <laughs> yes. Still, mm. even after two months of doing that. It's so true. But as I'm always reminded, spending time with people is actually good for me. And yes. at the conclusion <laughs> of said time spent with other people, I end up feeling better about it. Amazing. Right. And this was one of those weekends for me, even though, honestly, it was kind of crazy at times. There was a lot of stuff going on. Anytime you have a number of people all in the same mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. space for a certain amount of time, there's little conflicts or things oh, or yeah. some craziness you got to work through. And all of that happened this weekend. Like it always does when yep. family is together. Sure. <laughs> but ultimately I was like, just remind it again. Mm. Now I really, I really do need people yeah. <laughs> even when I've tried to fully convince myself otherwise. And we might've talked about this, but I think that's the danger in being an introvert right now is because almost the sort of like antisocial side of being an introvert has been rewarded yeah. by like the government lately. (laughs) No good job. I'm doing my civic duty by sitting in this room and playing video games for two months. Doing your civic duty doesn't include not texting your mom for like two months. So that's kind of what I've had to learn. No, you still need to talk to people. That is the quote of the day right there. Today, I get to go on the record with Wande. Hey, how you doing? Going well. It's been a good day, you know, just quarantining it up, being productive. I know, right? Yeah, tell me what quarantine's been like for you and your family. How has that affected you guys? Yeah, it's been interesting. So now that I'm like living outside of my family home, I've just kind of been been out here in my apartment, just like trying to be productive, like, you know, getting work done. Yeah. For God, doing my Bible study. So like, that's essentially what my quarantine looks like. 
for a couple of weeks, I spent some time with my uncle's family because they actually live in the same state as me. So uh, I went over there with their family and then I came back home to my apartment. So it's yeah. finished. I'm really excited to talk to you. I listened to some of your brand new album this week, and that's been really fun. So Blessed Up and Be the Light got some songs that are kicking right now on Real FM that we're really enjoying. Tell me a little bit about how you got started in music. It sounds like it's been just a couple of years. Is that right? It's been like an interesting journey. So I actually found out I could rap when I was in high school. And so I would do kind of like passive things throughout my high school and college career. And then uh, professionally, though, like doing it full time, like this is my first full year of like, this is my actual job now. But it was like definitely a journey of different steps to get to this point. Wow. Well, it's super cool. I was just reading that you are the first female artist on a Reach Records, which is absolutely incredible achievement. So congratulations. That's very cool. Yesterday, I got a chance to go through some of your Instagram and lots of fun there. I want to know how you're so good at Instagram because I am like the worst at Instagram. I love it, but I feel like I have no good ideas. So I went through and just looked at it. I was like, she's so prolific. This is so fun. So yeah, I think it's one of my hobbies like you know how people are like oh what are your hobbies some people are like oh you know i like to knit like i just enjoy using instagram and making funny videos it's awesome well you have some great ones on there tell me about your new album it's called exit i saw on your instagram where you said every exit is an entrance so i'm just curious to know a little bit more about the story behind the new album yeah so exit is really cool because it's just describing kind of like a lesson that god taught me that in order to enter into who he's calling you to be, you have to actually exit a current the current season that you're in. Mm. And exit is kind of just walking through like the different exit stops um, I I encountered along my journey and like what was that lesson uh, looking like in terms of what God was teaching me at that point. That's really cool. Tell me a little bit about the epic music video shoot in the desert with all the flowy dresses because I am like completely obsessed with it and it's amazing. Was that your idea? Yeah, like I've always been fascinated just with like with nature and like sand dunes and stuff like that. So yeah. I was like, it's my project. I think I definitely want to have like sand dunes up here. And so that's kind of like how that came into play. And so me and my friends, like we combined to like figure out how to find this location in the United States. So and fun. Then, um, yeah, just the everything else was just like um I expressed to like my styling team, like, hey, I enjoy natural earth tone colors and I want us to like then I express obviously like we gotta be covered, but I still want it to be flowy. Yeah. And stuff like that. Then um I also just kinda expressed to like my uh, choreographer too. I was like, Okay, well, I want us to do like natural movements, like not too overproduced, but just like stuff that's very flowy, like praise dance type stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, basically everybody was able to understand the vision. <laughs> Well, it came together very well. So congratulations, because I watched and I was like, this is awesome. Like just all of it together, all of those elements you described. It's very fun. Where I'm curious, where were the sand dunes that you guys went to? Actually, in Georgia, there's a crazy location in a random town. Okay. Yeah, that has sand dunes. And so I was lucky that Georgia happened to have them. And it's a <laughs> national monument, like sand deposit of like, they just randomly have sand. Wow, that's cool. I had no idea. I'm curious if you, and again, I've been listening to the album. I have to say one of my favorites is towards the end of the album, No Further. And I'm curious if there's more story behind that song. Yeah, so that song was just kind of expressing how like, how a lot of us feel in certain moments where we're going through hurt, we're going through pain. And it's kind of just written from God's perspective talking to us saying like I see everything that's happening and like I want you to know that like I never left you and I want you to know that like you know I don't want you to have to feel like you have to take that on on your own like I'm here for you mm. and I care 
you and I want you to know this, like, lean on me and I will take care of your burden. So yeah, that's kind of what that's about. It's a great song. I love it. I love that message. Do you have a favorite song on the album? I mean, obviously they're all awesome, but do you have one that your heart is like really, really tied to? I honestly love all the songs. I think yeah. uh, I go through phases every couple of days. Um, as of today, I've been liking nice things. Yeah, that was a fun one. Okay, this is a non-music related question, but it's one of my favorites that I've been asking people on this on the record segment. What is your guilty pleasure? I like, uh, I don't know, I like a lot of things. I like arts and crafts. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, I like have a habit of like, I buy a lot of like arts and craft materials. It's oh, like, yeah. I have like every single thing that's like, you, do you even really need this? Do you need this much glitter? And uh, stuff like that? Yeah. But um, yeah, I just enjoy it. Like I'll just pull up to the craft store and like, just whenever I have the opportunity to like, we'll do arts and crafts. And like whenever I have birthdays, like it's so funny cause it's like, we're adults now, but oh. like, uh, but we'll do arts and crafts at my birthday parties. And so it's a lot of fun. Heck yes. Adults do arts and crafts. I have a trunk in my living room. That's it's like this old trunk and it is absolutely packed with art supplies. Like I, I don't use it very often, but I just love knowing it's there. Right. <laughs> like I need them. I need to know that they're in my life. Is there a cool craft project you've made recently? Um, I'm working on a scrapbook. So like one thing with me is like, I wanted to be appreciative of like um, just like the milestones of like the things God's done in my life. Yes. So, it's almost like whenever your prayers are answered, like I have like a scrapbook of like just monumental moments that are like achievements. So that way, like I'll remember and look back and be like, wow, this like meant a lot to me. Mm. And then so it's really cool just to like practice one, being thankful to God, but then two, being able to look back on like cool moments. So yeah. Um, happy to have that and so whenever I'm older I can show my kids and stuff and be like yeah like this is how my journey started so. yes that's super cool what a great idea I love that I've been noticing that on my Instagram feed since I'm not very prolific that looking back over like the past few years that's kind of what it's been for me is kind of like almost this milestone keeper of of God's faithfulness so I love I love that concept well, cool. Wanda, I really appreciate your time and just getting to hang out with you a little bit. We're really enjoying your music. So thanks for the work that you're doing. No problem. Thanks for, you know, getting me up. Now it is time for the conversation where we dive into more convicting statements that make us feel awful about the way we cope with life. <laughs> here we go. It's kind of a pessimistic view, but okay. I'm sorry. Yes. No. no, I mean, where we expand our views and At least two people quit listening at this moment. I feel <laughs> sorry. it. I feel uh, it. I'm so it's sorry. So true, I'm sorry. Anyway, we're talking about planning versus faith and trust, even though we actually have been talking about this. I don't necessarily think those things are opposite, but mm -hmm. we kind of act like they are sometimes. Mm. Do I make a really detailed plan for the future or do I trust God and say, ah, he's got it. I don't have to do anything. Right. I feel like there are these two different types of people in the world and I um, am more of a, eh, it'll all work out person than I realized mm. I was before I got married and married a super planner. Ah. <laughs> and so he'll be like, we need to talk about this thing. We need to like <laughs> yeah. plan this thing. And when he yeah. says plan, he means like he pretty much planned our wedding. Let's be honest. Okay. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, when I say plan, there are notes, there are binders, like it's very detailed. Yeah. And I start to go like Unreal. catatonic and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really painful. And I don't want to talk. I don't really think about that. That's just scary. It's overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. <laughs> and so this is a compromise. We've had to kind of figure out mm -hmm. this push and pull 
in our relationship. But it's really brought up the question with us, like, to what degree should we be planning all the details of our lives? And to what degree is it like, okay, at some point we have to let go and trust. Right. And that's the push and pull. We are both trying to pull each other out (laughs) individual ways in our relationship. So what, but what about you guys? Do you veer towards one side or the other? (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yes, Ah, we do. Yes, you do. Ahead of this topic, I asked my wife, what am I a planner person? And And she said, what a stupid question. 10 solid minutes of yell laughing at me. She arrived at, you go with the flow. And I said, okay, cool. Um, So I grew up K through 12 homeschooled and then went to kind of like a liberal arts Christian private school where <laughs> you can walk around barefoot on the quad and it's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm very like structure averse, I think, because back in homeschool days, I could kind of like pick what I want to do that day in whatever order I want to do it in. Like same school in my boxers. Like I, yeah. I am very like woo woo go with the flow to my core to this day. Mm-hmm. And it's helped me a lot through scary, crazy times because there is never a moment where I've gone. That's not according to plan because the life hack there is there was no plan. There was never a plan. <laughs> right. But yeah, I try my best to make rough plans yeah. and stick to that. But usually that involves like dinner for the weekend. Yes. And then that's about as far as I get. <laughs> and then we're done. It's about right. Then I turn control over to Brie who looks at it and goes, this just says cereal over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah. I'm <laughs> So on a scale of zero to a hundred, where like a hundred is Kara's husband, (laughs) right? You're a zero. It's negatives at this point. I am definitely on the opposite end. I don't know that I am as much of a planner, say, as Cody is. I don't (laughs) usually go quite to the binder level of planning. A lot of it exists in my head, but I definitely am more of a planning person in general. I think in smaller, like kind of day to day things, Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit more adaptable. So I'm probably somewhere kind of in the middle ish on this spectrum. But certainly when it comes to like larger life events, things like budgeting or financial planning or like our family, major life decisions, I'm definitely more of a planner. Yeah. And I think for me, a lot of that comes back to control. Mm. I really feel like when there's a plan that preferably I have concocted, (laughs) Uh then that is what allows me to exert control over my life Mm. and whatever situations might come up. It's not even just that I like plans. I like my plans. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I, I don't necessarily want someone else to make a plan that I have to follow. In right. fact, when someone else does that, I usually actively fight against them. Yeah. Right. I'm like, sure. I, I like plans and I like my plans because my plans are the best my plans. My plans are the best sure. plans. Yeah, sure. And, Everyone and loves my plans. Exactly. That's kind of how I operate. And honestly, Kara, you joke, but that's kind of part of the problem for me is yes. that there have been times where people do really like my plans. Yes. And I think that just feeds into this like, okay, people like it. When I tell them sure. what to do, yeah. or like, like my siblings to this day make fun of me mercilessly for the games that we would play as kids, oh. because I was one of those kids where I would create games for us to play and I would create rules and rules and rules you and just yeah. rule. keep adding layers and layers of rules onto That's these games until awesome. people couldn't even figure out how to play the game anymore right? Yeah. because I had created so many stipulations. I'm just, I'm a systems creator, a rule creator, a planner, mm. all of those things. There's definitely strengths to that yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I really think the major negative is that needing to feel like I'm exerting control over mm. a situation. Sure. And mm. when that plan is taken away from me, it's not good when someone ignores the plan. It's even worse when someone 
someone says your plan's trash or I don't yeah. like your plan oh. or I'm, I'm going to purposefully abandon your plan. Then all of a sudden the control has been ripped out of my hands right. and I'm going to fight back oh, because yeah. I don't like that at all. And I think that element of control and just the desire for control is everywhere because even when my lack of strategic plan is disrupted i get a little bit like antsy mm. and i'm like wait hold on someone's trying to right. exert control over yeah. you yeah, and yeah, say yeah. here's what we're yeah. gonna do there it is yeah, yeah. yeah. there's still right. a loss of control there for that sure makes sense yeah i still yeah. want to choose how i'm gonna spend my time rather right. than exactly. you choosing even it if for the choice me. is i don't know right. yes yeah. my exactly. my question mark is still better than whatever rule you're creating <laughs> yeah we'll see about that <laughs> so we've got both sides of the spectrum here mm. and then i was looking at a whole bunch of different scriptures today and it's it's interesting to me because on one hand, I look at all these verses that are basically like, don't worry about your life. Mm-hmm. God takes care of the birds. He'll take care of you. Right. Don't worry about money. Sell everything and follow me. Yes. Jesus says a lot. Yeah, yes. All kinds of things that make it seem like, oh, if I'm planning a detailed plan for my life, maybe I'm not trusting God. Right. I mean, planning is a sign of a lack of faith, potentially. Right. Kind of, I mean, it kind of makes it seem that way. Like you remember the parable of the rich guy who said, I have all these crops and I'm going to build new barns. I'm going to mm. tear my old ones down. I'm going to build new ones. And then I'm going to sit and say, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink and be merry, which sounds like a Dave Ramsey plan, basically. Like, <laughs> oh I mean, like I've got to the point he where had no credit card debt. That's right. He's going to live like no one else. <laughs> and then at the end, of that parable god's like well you're a fool this night your soul is required of you and the things you prepared whose will they be so is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards god so there's all of that but then also there's all these other bible verses that are like hey Mm -hmm. plans fail for lack of counsel the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance suppose one of you wants to build the tower won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it So now I'm confused because it's there's There's plenty of ammunition in scripture for both sides. Exactly. So, yeah, then we got to go back to our conversation last time (laughs) to accurately Uh, interpret. I know. I know. So. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting to me that there's both of those sides. You see both of them in scripture. And the first thing that it makes me think of is maybe these two dichotomous ideas are not as dichotomous as we like to make them out to be. Yeah. Right. Like we think of these as two opposite things. Isaac and I are opposite opposites. Are we really that opposite? And I think Isaac Mm. even started to kind of hint at that a little bit when he's talking about control, right? At the root of these two seemingly disparate ideas, the same motive or the same goal is at the root of both of them. And so maybe in some ways, these two things aren't as far apart as we make them out to be. Yeah, that's a really good point. So Diving into first, why does planning matter? Like, mm. why is it something that is probably a good idea? Oh, let me tell you. No, <laughs> Where did these charts come from? Please, Ensign. Please Anson refer has- to my my binder. I lied earlier about not having binders. Yes, there's That's a, a binder. Prezi that you've pulled up. I just wow. I just use PowerPoints. I don't like paper. Uh, That's a beautiful yeah, thing. No, I think there are reasons though why planning yeah. matters, and I think we see examples of this in Scripture, as you're pointing out. Absolutely. Like, I think one really interesting one is that very oft quoted passage in Jeremiah where Jeremiah talks about the plans that God has for Mm, the Israelites. Right. Yeah. And so God clearly has plans. In fact, I think one of my revelations about scripture in my adult life through things like the Jesus storybook Bible Mm -hmm. and other studying has led me to this conclusion that if you look at the history of the entire world and and scripture from beginning to end, there Mm. was very clearly this grand orchestrated plan that God has had in mind since before the beginning of time Mm. and he's going to see it through to completion. So 
God is a planning God. Yeah. And so I think if we're created in God's image, then it would make sense for us to also make plans at times, right? In some ways we're imitating what God does by planning for the future. Another one comes exactly from where you were talking about, Kara, Mm -hmm. is Proverbs all over the place talks about how planning is a wise thing to do. Yeah. And we would be foolish not to plan. Proverbs six, six through eight talks about the ant and describing the ant and how it stores up, which is kind of interesting because there's other illustrations in scripture that again, at first blush seem to be talking about almost the opposite. Yeah. Uh, But it it clearly talks about how preparing for the future is a wise thing to do. And if you don't, Mm -hmm. that can lead to some pretty disastrous results at times. Absolutely. Well, and we even talked about this a little bit before the recording. We talked about Joseph and when he was in Egypt and he had everyone store up the grains and all of the stuff for the famine that was coming Mm -hmm. in. And it was a time of excess, right? Yeah. Yeah. And God was telling Joseph this counterintuitive thing of like, listen, I know it looks like you've got enough right now, more than enough. Start putting that aside. Mm. To me, that would disrupt my whole mojo. We see what happens is, is that God, big spoiler here, had a bigger <laughs> plan and a bigger thing at work that Joseph couldn't have possibly seen. So mm-hmm. he had That's to cool. follow God's command. Yeah. And, and I think what that really comes down to is an active obedience. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think Noah is another good example of this. Like Noah had to act by faith, certainly, but yeah. he also had to do a fair bit of planning oh, man. to prepare for the flood. It, it wasn't like God just said, hey, get in a boat. It's going to rain. Yeah. Like, he said, you need to build build this ginormous boat and do all this, the work that would have taken months Here and months. Here are precise measurements. For right. Said right. There was very clearly a plan yeah. oh, in yeah. place for all of that that Noah had to follow, right? So yeah. in both of those circumstances, it really comes back to obedience. obedience like, yeah. yes, there are scriptures that talk about how we can come up with our own plans, but mm-hmm. ultimately it's God's plan that prevails. Mm-hmm. But if we're acting mm-hmm. out of obedience towards God's plan, right. yeah. sometimes that requires planning on our part as yeah. well. And mm-hmm. so I think planning can be an act of obedience in some of these cases. And in fact, some cases like in Noah's planning was actually an act of faith, not Absolutely. a lack of it. For sure. Right. So we, we think of like planning always being, that means you didn't have enough faith to trust in God. In that situation, the very act of doing all this planning mm. was an act of faith because yeah. he was trusting that God's plans were going to come to fruition yes, and yeah. therefore he needed to follow through on what God was asking him right. to do. Same thing for Joseph, mm-hmm. right? God said yeah. like, Hey, this is coming down the road. And Joseph was acting in faith by being a good planner. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's just one way where maybe this whole acting in faith and planning are not quite mm-hmm. as opposite as we make them out to be. Yeah. yeah. I think the crazy thing that we can sometimes get tripped up in when we are making plans is that fear and worry can sometimes masquerade themselves as planning and as being mm. diligent and as looking forward to the future. I love this verse. I say it to myself often. It's Matthew six thirty four. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If you look at that just on the surface, it kind of lends itself to this carefree attitude of like, eh, it'll be fine. But if you really think about it, that's telling the planners and people like me who are a little bit more fly by the seat of your pants that, listen, you have things that you need to handle today. You do need to go out and Mm. feed yourself, take Mm -hmm. care of your family. Tomorrow will be a whole new set of problems. None of us in this room this time last year would have remotely called what has happened in the last couple of months, right? No. There's no way to know. No. But we certainly had enough things that we were worrying about at the time that were super important. And at the root of that, it's just trusting God and taking care of what you can each day. It's really good. So those are some of the pluses and, and the importance of planning. 
How does planning fall short? And you kind of alluded to that just now, Isaac, how if we're going at it from a place of fear and worry, how is that planning going to like let us down? I think one of the big ways that it lets us down is that we simply don't know everything, Yeah, which is a major (laughs) bummer to me, (laughs) but we don't know the future, right? One day. As Isaac was just talking about, (laughs) nobody could have expected that a global, well, maybe a few pandemic experts did, but most of us didn't expect that a global pandemic was coming, right? Yeah. Now there are things that planning can do to an extent for an extenuating circumstance like this, right? Sure. If you bring it back to like finances, for example, I could have an emergency fund in place so that if I lose my job, I'm better prepared Mm -hmm. to weather a time of drought, right? Economically. But if everything goes completely to heck and gets caught (laughs) on fire and the world (laughs) starts to end, no amount of emergency fund is going to save me from that, right? Mm. If the dollar crashes and becomes worthless, all of my savings also become worthless, right? Right. So planning is good and helpful up to a point, but it's not a guarantee. Right. I mean, if one of my family members gets cancer, we have medical bills and we have to mm-hmm. fly someone on a helicopter to the ER or all these things. I'm probably going to be making a GoFundMe. Right. And yeah. there's yeah. lots of we can talk about all the political stuff related to why that's a problem. Yeah. But the point is, I can do as much planning as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And it's still possible for that to fall short because mm-hmm. we just don't know the future. Mm-hmm. And so often we think and I'm speaking for myself here <laughs> so often I think that if I can account for as many possibilities as possible, that right. protects me. Mm. Uh, but there are just possibilities that you cannot plan for. So yeah. how do you know like how far to go with that? Up to what point do you plan those yeah. things? And at what point are you like, well, okay, I've done the best I can. I think it comes back to this control issue yeah. that we've been talking yeah. about. Like true. part of what I'm trying to do by coming up with all those plans is to exert control. Like yeah. right. saying like, Hey, if some crisis happens, if something really bad comes along, I can still maintain control. Even if yeah. I lose my job, right. I'm still in right. control yep. because I've got this money in the bank. This is where planning falls short because I'm not actually in control. Not, yeah. Right. And yeah. so in, in some ways my planning, is an illusion. I can make as many plans as I want, but it doesn't change the sovereignty of God. Right. right? And that's what scripture says that I can make all sorts of plans. Ultimately it's God's plan that's going to come to fruition and he is going to determine our steps. And so I can plan up to a point, but then having to realize that there comes a point where my control is lost. And and that's where this kind of both and comes back into play Mm -hmm. as we're talking about planning Mm -hmm. and then faith that we are called to do some planning in obedience to God and in an attempt to be wise while also realizing that I'm not in control. And it's when I start to take pride in my planning or take Mm -hmm. a boastful attitude in my planning of like, I'm better off than Isaac is over there and I'm prepared for all these eventualities and nothing can take me down. <laughs> oh. Right. And then something comes along and takes me down right. and, and yeah. humbles me pretty quickly. And I'm reminded, oh, I'm not actually in control. I've gotten a certain degree of that as well. My big plan, like the furthest extent that my plans went, it wasn't to advance my career. It was to say, I need to make consistent income to support myself and to support my wife. That's the grand Isaac plan is to mm-hmm. work a job that you love, not starve and die, not yeah. starve and die. That's, that's like, I mean, and everything else is icing, right? 
But even then, like you talk about best laid plans, even then there's the reality of a global pandemic. Right. To say that even my most basic plan, the second that boat started to rock a little bit, I was like, wait a second, man, like, mm-hmm. hold on. Yeah. And it was just this whole different side of myself where I was like, whoa, we're carefree. What is going on? Here? <laughs> and then yeah. it all boiled down to, no, you've still got a little baby plan. Mm. <laughs> and even that's in danger right that's now. That's really interesting. Yeah. 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 There's still things that we put our faith and trust in other right. than God. Yeah. yeah. Like in some ways we put that faith and trust in ourselves, whether that manifests itself as a ton of really well thought out plans mm-hmm. or our trust in our adaptability yeah. and our oh, flexibility, yeah. right? Like I can adapt to whatever happens. Well, you can adapt to <laughs> most of whatever happens. Sure. But then when some really yeah. serious tough things start to happen, right. maybe you're not quite as adaptable as you thought you were in yeah. the same way, maybe the planner mm. isn't quite as planned up as they thought they yeah. were. Yeah. No point. matter what, we're going to come to points in our lives where we realize our strengths fail us. There are times where our circumstances or the world around us is going to be too great for us to bear. Yeah. And, and that's where both of these planning and this adaptability or flexibility yeah. can fall short. Mm. And I think that's important to remember because a lot of times it feels like we set ourselves up on opposite ends of the spectrum. Like if your spouse or a parent or a good friend is on the planning side and you're on the go easy mm-hmm. side, we tend to set ourselves up as my way is the right way. And I'm going to pull you my direction until mm-hmm. you give in. Like you said, both sides have great things about them. And then both sides have this dark side of what's really going on underneath the surface there. You can be a control freak on either side and you can be full of fear on either side. I know for me, a big part of the problem and why I tend to drift towards the it'll work outside is because I am really afraid of facing the really scary things. Mm. Like I do not want to deal with that and I don't know how. And so I'm just going to pretend it doesn't exist. It's kind of a stick your fingers in your ears and go la 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 la. Right. And And hope it goes away. Exactly. And that's not a great thing and it's not trusting in God either. It's just Mm. kind of like, I'm just going to ignore that and pretend it doesn't exist. And then when it comes around eventually, yeah, that's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I think that brings up a a really good point, Kara, that as much as we can harp on the people that are opposite from us, these adaptable people, that's really just a <laughs> euphemism for they have no idea what they're doing yeah, or the planners, knows. right? Like <laughs> they could say, oh, well, planning is just a euphemism for people who are control freaks and don't want to let anyone else do right. things or they can't adapt. Right. Like, instead of bagging on each other and our personality differences, mm. I think what we really have to come back to is motive. Why are we so interested in pursuing this ideal, whether it's adaptability Mm -hmm. or planning, because I think we can pursue both of those things for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You just shared one way that we could pursue adaptability for the wrong reason, kind of a willful ignorance saying like, I would rather just not face the hard stuff. Yeah. That feels easier to me to just kind of procrastinate and put it (laughs) off and hope that it works out. Right. Yeah. I think there are some other wrong motives for both of these as well. Like another one, I think for adaptability could be impulsiveness Mm, kind of saying like, I want instant gratification for things. Like Mm. I really like this car and I would really like to own this car and I could 
think about planning and how the purchase of this car might not be a wise decision for my finances yeah. long term. Yeah. But I don't want to think about that because I want the car. So I'm <laughs> right. just going to go get it. Yeah. That could be another wrong motive for being a flexible. Well, well I'll trust in God that yeah. it'll work out, you know, my finances, even though I just bought this Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. It's this weird thing where you have convinced yourself all of these rose colored glass memory things of when everything else worked out. Yeah. You can go, well, all of this other stuff worked out. Yeah. This will work out too. The problem is that you're saying that for every impulsive decision you make, <laughs> Isaac, and then and then that starts to add up yeah. and you don't want to address it. It'll all be okay. That mm-hmm. can be a very powerful scripture affirming thing to say to someone, to say mm-hmm. to yourself. It can also be the worst lie you can possibly tell yourself Ugh. when it's time to start addressing some problems. Yeah. I think one other potential pitfall on this kind of adaptability side would be laziness. Honestly, like I think back to the top of the conversation, we were talking about faith in God and trusting that he's going to work it out. And therefore like, I don't even need to go out and, and find food for today. Or like we could take this to some pretty ridiculous conclusions. If we kind of draw it all the way out, people back in the early church who basically were saying, we don't need to do anything. We just need to wait for Jesus to come back. So I'm going to, I'm going to get out my lawn chair. If they had lawn chairs back then, I'm going (laughs) to plant it in my front yard. I'm going to sit, like grab a glass of lemonade and wait for Jesus to return. I'm just going to trust he's got it. Like, and there's nothing else I need to do. Right. So I think that could be one way that this could play itself out as well. Yeah. And it reminds me of like back when I was single, going through this wrestling, like, should I pursue dating? Should I do online dating? Should I do these things? Is that showing trust in God? If I like Mm. pursue these things, am I somehow trying to like take over? And I finally came to the point where I was like, well, I don't think it's what he wants for me literally to sit on my couch and wait for someone to knock on my Mm, door. Right. (laughs) So I had to come to this point of like, all right, I will do what I feel like I'm supposed to do, but I can't make anything happen. So the results are still up to God, but I'm still going to show up. Right. And there's a little bit of work required. On this end, decision paralysis can be really real because when it's time to take action, you worry that you're going to step on God's master plan and it's going to go crazy. I've had to arrive at a place where I say, okay, God is way bigger than yeah. any potential well-intentioned mistakes I'm going to make trying to walk out this plan that he has for me. I'm yep. going to veer off the road, but even in my flawed way, it's still going to serve him. All yeah. right. So we, we've bagged on the whole adaptability thing for a little <laughs> bit here. I, I feel like we do need to bag on yes. the, the planning side a little Please bit do. as well. Yeah. Cause there's, there's plenty of wrong <laughs> motives on this side also, and mm-hmm. plenty of them that I am very intimately familiar with. <laughs> Honestly, I think a big one is fear. You think about the people who are storing jugs of water and like supplies and things in their basements for the impending apocalypse. Like that's maybe a really extreme example, but there's lots of other more conservative examples of ways that we can be motivated by fear in our planning. The interesting thing about motive is that you can take the same action, but do it for two different reasons. And maybe one is a valid reason and one's not a valid reason, right? Right. So Mm -hmm. something that might be a really good idea, practically, like making a budget for your family could be a really good idea if it's motivated by, I want to provide for my kids. I want to be wise. I want to be obedient to God. I want to be a good steward of what he's given me. Yeah. Or it could be motivated out of the complete wrong reasons. Like, I'm afraid of what might happen to me. Right. And I feel like I need to prepare for every eventuality because I, I don't trust God to take care of me. I trust mm. in my ability right. to manage my money and be a really smart person and, mm. and outthink everyone else in yeah. my planning. Yeah. And that's definitely, I think, one that that I'm guilty of. Uh, another one, frankly, could just be greed, oh. uh, especially as it comes to like financial planning and things. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I'm going to hoard more and more and more <laughs> for me. Ouch. If I can be very honest, I'm not always the most generous person 
person in the world. That's something that I struggle with. And Mm -hmm. my wife has been really good at kind of helping me with that of saying, Hey, uh, financial planning is great and storing up for a rainy day is great. But Mm -hmm. also the primary reason God calls us to be wise with our finances (laughs) is to have money to give away to others. And so if you're not fulfilling on that, then why are you so interested in all this planning and all of the oh, saving. Man. And yeah. that's definitely yeah. been something that I've had to confront in my own life because that's definitely a, a motivation for me as yeah, well. That's a tough one. I think a big one that I noticed, this is like we're talking about the opposite ends. Of- <laughs> that's all right. I just said some mean things about like, the yeah. adaptability people <laughs> a second ago. One Thanks. that I, it, it always rubs me this really weird way is it's almost from a place of pridefulness where mm-hmm. it's it's saying, no, I I got this. It's, it's, you know, oh, absolutely. creator of the heavens and earth. Okay. <laughs> Let me take the wheel for a while. I got this. I got it. And, yeah. and that yeah. just, it always is so funny to me. You just mentioned the binders, the four year yeah. and five year plans. Mm-hmm. I always hear that and I'm going, what are you doing? <laughs> you, you think that you, this is going to go your way, really? Right. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. always just is so funny to me. And I realized I have my own version of that. Yeah. And I lie to myself and say, the more simple I make it, the more trusting I am. Right. But when in reality, There's I'm still pride there. Yeah, too. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's so. funny that a lot of these motives can actually be, I think the same yeah. for both yeah. sides. Like yeah. pride could be an issue for both, but you're right though. Absolutely. Pride is, a, is an issue for planners because yeah. they, they take pride in their binders. Yeah. Yeah. We take right. pride in our They're plans. Yeah. And that's exactly <laughs> what God warns us about in scripture is like, yeah. I will lay to waste the best <laughs> yeah. plans. Yeah. Watch this. So be really careful about taking too much pride yeah. in your planning. But yeah. this plays out sometimes in my attitude towards people who are facing difficulties in their life. Mm. I go, well, if you would have just planned like me, maybe you wouldn't be in the situation that you're mm. in right now. Right. And that's a really dangerous attitude yeah. that yeah. could backfire on you really, really quickly when things start to go the opposite of your way in your own life. Yeah. 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 So we've talked all about the wrong motive for planning or of not which planning. Many. Of which there are so many. <laughs> yeah, we're all fitting into those categories. So what are the right motives for making plans or for stopping at a certain point of making <laughs> yeah. plans yeah. and saying we're gonna we're gonna push the brakes here and take a step back? What, yeah. are, what are the right motives for that? As we started this discussion off, we talked about the Bible verses that look like they're contradicting each other, where it says, mm. plan, store up all the grain, you'll yeah. do better for it. And then also, <laughs> don't even worry, I've got it. And I think that like always, there's a middle ground to be walking. There's this verse about he's got his eye on the sparrow mm-hmm. and they're going to be provided for. But it's not as if the sparrows aren't leaving their nest and going out and getting food. They're yeah. still doing their daily chores and their daily checklist knowing that God has provided all of that. And I think really that comes down to a matter of obedience. And Mm -hmm. that's what I see in some of these stories, both in the example you're talking about there, Isaac, and then in stories like Noah or Joseph. These are people that had to do a lot of planning, but they were doing it out of obedience because God had called them to do that. In the same way, in the New Testament, Jesus calls the disciples to leave their jobs stop everything and follow him and trust that that's going to work out. Hmm. Either of these could be appropriate responses if it is what God is calling us to do in a given situation. Yeah, I I think the thing is we usually choose our 
paths that we are kind of predisposed to Ooh, yeah. usually yeah. not so yeah. much out of obedience, but out of these negative motives right. that are driving us. Like I would like to be able to sit here and say that usually the reason that I'm planning is because I'm doing it out of obedience to God. <laughs> but I think it would be far more honest for me to say I'm doing it because I like being in control. Uh, Here's the right? crazy thing. Please tell me if I'm wrong in this, but based on the examples of how I have seen my life go, I think that if right now you and I, Anson, were both given like mandates to follow in either direction just the way things work i would be handed the plans to an arc and then you would be told don't worry about tomorrow it feels like that's how it always goes You're right yeah yeah that's a good and point. we would both be going out of our minds going yeah. like what no. this is so uncomfortable that, for me that's how i know that that's generally the direction that god is pushing me in oh man because it's always outside of my Guys. comfort zone and i'm always going kicking and screaming going right. like no i don't want this <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah, I think you're onto something there, Isaac. Many times God pushes us to areas that we're uncomfortable in, Mm -hmm. and that's Mm going to mean tackling probably our weaknesses more than our strengths. And I think sometimes we get a little bit confused when we see other people talking about or doing things that don't match up with what we feel like God is leading us to do. And we go like, wait, why aren't these things lining up? But we, we don't account for the fact that we're not starting from the same place, mm, all of yeah. us. Like maybe God is trying to move us to a certain endpoint, oh. but we're coming at it from different directions because we didn't all start at the same spot, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I think for me, I know that the way that I need to be stretched is to trust in God more, mm-hmm. to take more leaps of faith. That's something that doesn't come naturally to me. And I know from evidence, plenty of evidence that I've seen in my life mm-hmm. that God is constantly kind of pushing me to do that more and more. Now, someone like Isaac could look at me saying, hey, I, I really feel like the thing that I need to do more of is push out in faith. And Isaac could probably warn me of like, but there's all these pitfalls. Yeah. Doing yeah. That, right? Like, <laughs> Trust me, I know I, I've been yeah. there. You could be doing it out of impulsiveness or pride or laziness or greed or need yeah. for instant gratification. Beware. Like, right. Yeah. There's all of these potential things you could fall into for that. And and yes, I very well could and probably do on occasion, but because that's already my area of weakness, like I need to be pushed into that direction Mm -hmm. and I'm far more likely to fall into the pitfalls of of planning and all that stuff. That's where I need to be pushed and I need to do more. Whereas maybe for someone like Isaac or you, Mm -hmm. Kara, it's kind of the opposite where maybe God is saying, hey, sometimes maybe it's okay to listen Uh. to your husband or to your wife Uh. when they say, hey, we need to sit down and talk this through and come up with a plan. I've learned that Maybe there's some real wisdom in that. You're right. And and at the same time, there could be all these pitfalls of that too, right? But those are probably not the pitfalls you need to be worrying about. You're right. right. Exactly. So like we do at the end of most of our podcasts, we Mm. um, pat ourselves on the back for figuring all the things out or not. (laughs) I don't feel like it on this one. (laughs) Me neither. I feel like you still got a long ways to go. Yeah. You know, I think one cool thing that you both kind of mentioned is how you have spouses that are in different areas. I think there definitely is kind of an iron sharpening iron thing that is really important here. Like talking to and spending time with people who are opposite from us in terms of their strengths and weaknesses can be such a beneficial and educational experience to learn about how someone else who thinks so differently than I can struggle with things that are different and and can succeed that things that are different. There's a lot of learning we could do from one another in this area, as opposed to what our typical reaction is, which is to say they're doing it wrong. Yes. I have a budget now and Brie is playing Animal Crossing. And those are two (laughs) beautiful 
beautiful things that are so cool. It's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Kind of a parting thought from Kevin DeYoung on this topic is we need to stop looking to God to reveal the future to us and remove all risk from our lives because that's what we're kind of trying to do. We should start looking to God, his character and his promises, and thereby have confidence to take risks for his name's sake. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Catch Afternoons with Anson and Kara live every weekday on Real FM radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.